0: Hi everyone, Mac from the future here. While recording the main part of this episode, the craziest thing happened. An ice warrior broke into my living room and forced me, against my will, to use my laptop mic instead of my actual microphone. So my audio doesn't sound great for this episode, or for the intro of the next episode. Once again, I would like to reiterate that it's like that because I was being held at gunpoint. It's definitely not my fault. Okay? Good. As long as we're all on the same page. Enjoy the episode.
1: Stop! You must be destroyed. You, you've got no orders to kill me. Your leader will want to speak to me. Humans are our enemies. But I can be useful to you. Like you Your leader will be angry if you kill me. I'm a genius!
0: Hello everyone, and thank you for joining us on a quick trip through space and time. My name is Mac. And I'm Caleb. And this is a podcast where a Doctor Who veteran and a Doctor Who beginner go through each episode of Doctor Who and give their thoughts on it. And today, we are going to be watching The Seeds of Death. The Seeds of Death was written by Brian Hales, directed by Michael Ferguson, produced by Peter Bryant, and aired January 25th, 1969 to March 1st, 1969. It's another six-parter, Caleb. God damn it. We've got we've got two six-parters, and then the ten-parter, and then we should... We should be good. Ish.
1: I do not like how, like, if you were on how good we
0: were. Look, I don't want to, like, say, okay, it's this, and then 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 this, but, like, it's the ten-parter, and then it's like a, a series of seven-parters, and then after those seven-parters it's smooth sailing it's uh it's all four and sixes after that
1: all right whatever you say
0: (laughs) you probably don't but do you recognize the writer brian hales no okay he wrote the celestial toy maker the smugglers and the ice warriors
1: i see Mm Hmm. Mm Hmm.
0: i am eager to hear because i know you were going through all the audio stories I'm, i'm curious if you've correctly guessed (laughs) because I gave you the hint last time it's a villain we've only heard but now we finally get to see so Caleb given everything you know about Doctor Who and uh, given the title of this episode the seeds of
1: death what do you think this episode's going to be about I think um, I think the doctor decides I'm bored I'm going to oh I don't know terraform Mars (laughs) he buys some seeds from the celestial toy maker And let me tell you, the Ice Warriors are real pissed about their planet being terraformed. So they join up with those chicks from Galaxy 4 to stop the Doctor from making things look nice. Uh, So the Doctor has to build an underground city. Uh, But when he gets there, there's a strange crab-like species that runs on gas (laughs) that insists they don't exist. Did I get? Uh, did I get all of them? You're you're just hedging your bets. <laughs> it's like if I mention one, of, if I mention
0: all of them, I'm sure to get. I'm sure to be right. Cast a
1: wide net. I'm at least twenty five percent correct. I will tell you this: one of those is the villain. <laughs> Incredible! I, I'm getting real good at this. Oh
0: yes, absolutely. The rest of the story, you were probably completely off in every single way,
1: but you did <laughs> successfully guess the villain. <laughs> Listen, a win's a win. <laughs> I'll take it. a d minus is isn't failing <laughs> a d minus is not just not failing. it's passing. <laughs> That's graduating, baby. Uh,
0: depends. it was it was passing in in uh, high school, but like, Starting my second or third year of college, they were like, yeah, no, Ds are no longer passing grades. If you get a D in a class, you have to retake it. It sucked.
1: I think Ds were, if I'm remembering grade school correctly, I think it was all the way up until like middle school that like Ds were actually failing. It's weird because I remember Ds being like passing
0: grades. In fact, it was at Ball State. Ds were passing grades. The reason I remember this is because I took a a human sexuality class, and it wasn't it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. It was much more biological. I was kind of hoping for, like, psychological, sociological, but whatever. Mac just wanted to watch porn and get a grade it, for it. Yeah, that's it. I just wanted to watch porn. <laughs> no. <laughs> and I, I didn't do very well because I've never been very good at biology, so, like, memorizing a whole bunch of terms was not very good for me. But I passed the class with a 69% in nice. my sexuality class.
1: <laughs> and I consider that way more of an accomplishment than if I aced it. <laughs> the professor's sitting there, like, filling out his form, going, nice.
0: <laughs> I had a 68.4, and she just gave me 0.1%. Uh,
1: no, 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 no. You had, a sev- you had a 70, and she dropped it down. <laughs> anyway, on that note,
0: <laughs> we will see you all in the future. Let's get going. and we're back may have just been a couple seconds for you but it took 10 days
1: for us and what a 10 days it was.
0: Yeah, we uh we dragged our heels for that one.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Cuz I have my uh my really low key job, right? Mhm. I can watch the episodes. I can I can just binge them while I'm, while I'm at work. It's no big deal. Watch the first episode and then like waited a couple of days <laughs> before I watched the second one. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> if you want the too long didn't listen thoughts on this episode it didn't crack my bottom five but it came this fucking close <laughs> <laughs> um
1: i c- i could summarize the episode like this uh or the story I, every, every time i sat down and watch it i was like wow they've been talking for a long time this episode has to be almost over. And I would tap on it. I've been watching for seven minutes, and I did that six times. <laughs> um,
0: well, I'll go ahead and give you this piece of trivia right here. The director, Michael Ferguson, really, really disliked how slow the story was upon a rewatch. So, even the director is in agreement with us.
1: <laughs> Boy, hindsight's twenty twenty, isn't it?
0: Yep. Ugh, it's gonna be another. Another low-energy one. I'm so sorry. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Kylie asked me, because uh, like, we are going to watch a movie after this. Uh, she's like, so how long will this one take? And I was like, well, it was six episodes. She's like, oh, so it's going to take a while? And I was like, uh, we'll see. <laughs> You'd think that, wouldn't you? <laughs> you think that. <laughs> All right, I'm just going to get into it. Yeah, let's go. Episode one. We open on Gia Kelly, a facility manager for a company called Teamat. She's pissed at the people on the moon base because they're taking too damn long to do anything. However, Fushum and the other scientists are held hostage by a mysterious alien race that makes it impossible to contact them. A whopping eight minutes into the episode, the TARDIS materializes inside some sort of rocket museum. They are berated by the museum's owner, a man named Daniel Eldred, once a leading rocket scientist. However, ever since TMAT invented teleportation, there is no need for rockets anymore. The aliens want to use T-MAT's device on the moon, but it's down for repairs. They want the scientists to fix it and kill anyone who doesn't comply. Kelly heads to the museum to ask Eldred for help. With T-MAT down, they need to get a man to the moon via rocket. However, he's not really thrilled about that idea. The scientists on the moon send a video warning of the aliens, and the creatures kill all except fusion in response. Another scientist named Phipps escapes. Oh my god, it's the Ice Warriors.
0: First note. Eight minutes eight minutes it it took eight goddamn minutes for the TARDIS crew to finally show up and I did not have a single thing to say about all the weird-ass bureaucracy of like transport of goods and supplies or the ice warriors invading like it happened and I felt nothing
1: yeah, and I think that's the biggest problem with this episode is that it spends so long kind of, like, talking about the way the world outside of, like, the frame works, and I just don't care. We don't see any of that. And it's just a lot of, like, bureaucratic talk or political talk, or at one point, I actually mentioned in the next episode, this just wax poetic about rocket science.
0: Yeah, it it's really fucking weird because you could explain all the air quote world building they did in these eight minutes in at one at most just mm-hmm. say we use teleportation to get food and supplies all around the world and we use the moon as a relay boom there you go i did it in one sentence
1: but they drag it out and they do it the whole god damn time
0: because it like starts out with like something someone coming into work and then i think kelly was like at the computer and and they mentioned how ah oh, you're working too hard. And she's like, I have to work too hard because nobody else does their job well enough. Did you hear they put fuchsia up on the moon? Ah, oh, they put fuchsia up on the moon. Ah, oh, that guy sucks. He, we're never getting anything done. I know. Right. And uh, and just like, it's almost like, I don't want to follow some guy coming into his office job. I've worked offices. They suck. I don't want to hear the small talk. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: You <laughs> don't care about anything happening. My next note is is right after the TARDIS landed down, and they're like walking around where they're at, and they're like, "Oh, it's a space museum." And my note is a space museum. No, no, no. We've already done that one. We can we can move
1: on. Oh, I made I made the same joke. <laughs> 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 uh, I was watching. I was like, "We've already done this. We don't need this again." But yeah, but again, this is another sequence that takes entirely too long because like they're walking around. and They're like, "Well, this doesn't make any sense." You've got Leonardo da Vinci over here. And then the guy landing on the moon over there. What could this possibly be about? Why, it's a museum on the history of rocketry. Uh-huh. Wow. Thank you for taking four fucking ever to get to that point.
0: It sure is. Uh, my third note is I'm at minute 16, and it really feels like with everything that's happened so far, it should be half the runtime we're at. Then mm-hmm. my fourth note is, oof, this one's going to be rough. That's my last note of this episode.
1: Yep, I really do not have anything else beyond what I said uh, in the description, and I think this is probably the best episode.
0: I wouldn't say it's the best episode. You said something before we started recording. What, what, what did you say? I thought it was very good. The story didn't start until episode three.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The story doesn't start until episode three. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's that's a pretty good that's a pretty good one.
1: And it's absolutely fucking true because, like, the next episode also drags. I just, I, I feel like even once the story starts happening, I'm so uninvolved. I can't care anymore.
0: Yeah, you did your, uh, you did your prediction for this one, uh, and you just listed off all of the enemies that we've only heard instead of seen because that was the hint that I gave you. What did you think? Like percentage wise, did you expect it to be the Ice Warriors?
1: I, I did. I thought it would be the Ice Warriors. I think maybe I put somewhere in my brain that you said they would come back eventually yeah and you never said that about the the lady aliens or whoever the fuck else we listen to so i had had an inkling that it was going to be the ice warriors uh and um boy howdy am i not impressed
0: i recall other episodes that have the ice warriors being pretty good i might end up eating my words but i vaguely remember some ice warrior episodes being pretty good this one's not one of them
1: (laughs) Well, this one's also, like, we talk a lot about how the Cybermen have, like, the same episode structure. This one's also very similar to the one that the Ice Warriors were in, where they spend a very good chunk of the time standing somewhere else that the heroes aren't.
0: That, that is very true, except I preferred the episode The Ice Warriors, uh, because at least it had, it had a good central villain, and the Ice Warriors felt a little bit more sympathetic Whereas here, it really feels like you could have just... It didn't need to be the Ice Warriors.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I could see that. This episode also has another relation to the first episode in that there's a really fucking annoying computer. Very true. Yes. They have this computer at, like, their base. Every Like, they ask it a question, like, it's Siri, and then it responds in, like, this very, like, rhythmic, robotic voice. <laughs> and it is the most fucking annoying thing in the world. Yeah. And they ask yeah. it everything oh god is this gonna
0: replace google i hope not oh god anyway we're grasping at straws let's go into
1: episode two episode two the descriptions are gonna get remarkably shorter <laughs> <laughs> episode two fushima is compelled to help the ice warriors fix T-Mat. on earth they wax poetic about rockets for a long time before letting the doctor and his friends leave T-Mat becomes operational and kelly and a team teleport to the moon Under threat by the Ice Warriors, Fushum tells them that there are no aliens and that everyone else went crazy and killed each other. Phipps uses a jerry-rigged radio to to try and talk to Earth. He also uses a jerry-rigged weapon to kill an Ice Warrior. Uh, However, in the process, the homing beacon for the rocket is turned off. Without the beacon, the Doctor's rocket is set to drift into the sun in about five months.
0: You know, I just said how the Ice Warriors aren't very sympathetic, but I think I'm going to take it back. Because you really got a feel for them, because... Their shells are so fucking doofy, they can't actually chase after anyone faster
1: than, like, a turtle. And their dumb Lego hands don't let them do anything.
0: (laughs) I know, right? I have a note about that later. But, like, one of them, one of the humans, like, escapes and runs further into the base. And, like, the commander, Ice Warrior, is like,
1: after them!
0: And, like, two Ice Warriors just, like, doof. Boodle, boodle,
1: boodle. Just
0: like start waddling after him. I'm like, this does not paint a very intimidating silhouette, if I'm going to be perfectly honest.
1: (laughs) Now that we've kind of seen the Ice Warriors, I'm like, you you hear them a lot in this episode. I remember the Ice Warriors having like that kind of raspy voice in the audio. I don't remember them having asthma as well. Yeah, no kidding. Because so much of the audio for the Ice Warriors is just them going... Yeah. get them. I'd almost
0: forgotten about the hissing but yeah it's like even when they're not like if it was just what they were speaking that would be one thing like doing like the classic like snake character where every time they have something to say that they like extend the S's that would be one thing but like even when they're not talking they're just like right next to the mic going shh shh <laughs> like uh, can we tone it down just a little bit, please? It's very annoying. <laughs> there, was, there was an interesting ed- writing and editing choice here that I was like, I wouldn't really do this. But the Ice Warriors are threatening Fushim, right? To work the team at and stuff. And they have already shot and killed several of his co-workers. And uh, the commander says... You see what will happen if you fail and uh, then like a dramatic cut to the corpse and then it cuts to Fushim, like a close-up of Fushim and says you will die. I'm like yeah thanks I I got that. You didn't have to spell it out further but appreciate it. <laughs> it's like whoever thanks. wrote this or whoever edited it didn't understand like the language of cinema. Like, when they say the, the line, you will, you see what will happen if you fail, and then cut to a corpse, does a good job of implying what the rest of that is. But uh, just in case the kids don't get it, we're going to kill you. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, and that's, a, that's a, a flawed piece of logic anyway, just in the sense of, like, they need these people to fix the thing, so we're going to kill you if you don't do it. Yeah. Let me demonstrate it by actually just killing you real quick.
0: Yeah, luckily, Fushim is the worst kind of coward, and just, like, I hate him, <laughs> because he absolutely goes along with the Ice Warriors. At a certain point, especially after some events late in later episodes, I really feel like Fushim actually has the mentality of, oh yeah, fuck these
1: guys, I'm definitely hy- helping out the Ice Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not true, he has an
0: arc, he has a journey. He really doesn't, Caleb. <laughs> he he uh he has some serious Stockholm Syndrome, if not just full-on relating to, yeah, fuck it, let's kill the humans. Really?
1: Yes, He's, really. He spent so much of the time arguing with them, especially in the later episodes. He's like the whole reason the people beat them at all. We'll get to it. But I promise, <laughs> I promise, Caleb, <laughs> I have
0: receipts.
1: maybe maybe i just wasn't paying attention well enough
0: (laughs) but speaking of really selfish stupid humans it's it's established that the world is very dependent on this tmat system and now that it's crashed now that it's been shut off we have no way of getting food to the countries who need it and if something's not done quickly people are going to start rioting and starving and humanity in general really is not going to have a good time. The only way to fix this is to use a rocket to go up to the moon to try and fix the problem so they can repair T-Mat. Eldred is the only person who has a working rocket. And so coming coming to him with this plea of, we need your help in order to save humanity, Eldred's reaction is basically like well 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 look who's come crawling back no i refuse you wouldn't you wouldn't listen to me about how important rockets are so i'm not gonna let you use it now that you need it i'm like dude people are gonna die shut the fuck up and (laughs) let us use your (laughs) rocket
1: yeah, I thought that too cuz like he also tries to use some lazy justification like, well, like, you know, it's 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 experimental. Like, we don't know how safe it is. It's like, okay, guess we'll just fucking die then.
0: Yeah, I guess we'll just won't use it and definitely starve as opposed to using it and possibly saving the world. Good plan, Eldred. Very Hey,
1: this scene is like 10 minutes long, by the way.
0: Yes. Yes. I just summarized it in about a minute, but
1: It takes four fucking ever. And then it ends with, well, the Doctor and his weird friends can do it.
0: Yeah. And then uh, they get on the spaceship, and they do not have spacesuits. Like, at all. (laughs) (laughs) And then I love how, like, they're feeling the pressure of like, the change in pressure. Uh, So they have, like, their hands up to their heads, and like, oh man, my head hurts because of the pressure. And then while their hands are up there, they're like, pulling back on their face to try and replicate what g-force looks like and I'm like that's that's really bad but not nearly as bad as a minute later when they're in space and they're just like waving their arms and legs in the air to try and <laughs>
1: simulate
0: simulate zero gravity
1: yeah boy howdy a lot of things about this episode seem really low budget yeah yeah it does It's like they spent all the budget in all the wrong... Like, the Ice Warriors have, like, a cool kill gun effect, and boy, how do they like it, because they use it every fucking time someone dies.
0: And I don't remember what the guy's name is, but, like, the one scientist on the moon base who managed to get away from the Ice Warriors... Phipps. Phipps, yes. Uh, Phipps sets up, like, this solar triangle machine thing where, like, has three different, like, what look like floodlights... Just like set up and then an ice warrior just kind of wanders into the the room that he's in and Phipps is like hiding and then he turned it on and uh, being stuck in the middle of those three lamps at the same time, like kills the ice warrior. And I'm like, so was the entirety of your plan based on the assumption that an ice warrior would not only come in here, but definitely hit their mark on the little X on the floor so that you could stand in this specific spot so that the lamps will kill the ice warrior because that seems like a
1: bad plan and like a lot of things could go wrong Nah, you gotta do the old family guy ooh piece of candy
0: that, that's kind of what it felt like and I don't know I don't know what's worse the fact that this plan worked or the fact that it works twice <laughs> because the exact same thing happens in the future episode
1: Yeah oh boy howdy this episode's yeah. great guys you should watch it
0: yeah absolutely like forget enemy of the world you should definitely watch this one before we continue on fuck this episode <laughs> oh my god i
1: th- there's nothing else to talk about they they go to space and then they're like oh no cliffhanger the homing beacon doesn't work
0: whoa and just like every other fucking cliffhanger in this show it is almost immediately resolved
1: yeah it's oh my god I fucking hate this episode so much.
0: Yeah, me too. Oh, wow. If it ends up on your bottom five, I will not be surprised.
1: Um, it... It it might be. I don't know if I dislike this one or Zoe's first episode more. But I dislike them for very similar reasons.
0: Zoe's first episode or the first time she takes a trip on the TARDIS? Zoe's first episode. Like, her Uh, intro episode. I, I definitely hate that one more.
1: But, anyway... I'm done with this episode. Yeah, I am too. Let's go to episode three. Phipps uses a jerry radio to talk to the Doctor and explain the situation. Kelly and her crew are captured by the Ice Warriors. The Doctor targets Phipps' radio signal and uses it to land the rocket. With TMAT operational, the Ice Warriors can now go anywhere on Earth from the moon, but they don't intend on invading. The Doctor arrives on the base, but they won't be able to return by rocket. After searching the base, the Doctor is separated from the group and captured by the Ice Warriors. He has to be brought to the leader, and the warriors comply. He is brought to the leader, Slar, as they load strange seeds into Mat to be delivered to the major population centers of the world. Fushum creates a distraction for the doctor so he can investigate the seed, but when it gets close, a strange smoke emits from the seed and knocks him out. With no other choices, Fushum helps the Ice Warriors send a seed to London. It appears in a TMAT center, and the smoke emits when an employee touches it. Need I say more? Let's go to episode 4. <laughs>
0: <laughs> when Kelly and her guys arrive at the moon base via T-mat they're then held at gunpoint by the ice warriors and Fushim like yells out don't move do exactly as they say and then immediately both of the guys like start running and then get shot
1: <laughs> yeah
0: hold your hands up guys it's not that hard
1: <laughs> he's like we can make it to the T-mat machine Another example of like, boy, howdy, they're going to use that gun effect.
0: Yeah, that gun effect is really fucking weird. Like, it's almost like the, the Dalek, like it, it zooms in on the gun and then it zooms on the person dying. And it, how, how would you describe this effect? It, it
1: It's like a kaleidoscope effect. It looks like it's like zooming in and out really fast. Yeah, and then they just collapse. Yeah, so I'm not entirely sure what the gun does. It's a ray gun. That's all you need to know. The first time I saw it, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then they kept doing it. And they kept doing it. <laughs> I was like, boy, howdy, that is an
0: effect. And then we cut over to the doctor in the uh, in the rocket. And it's really weird because he's ha- he has this radio communication conversation with uh, with Phipps, like trying to get uh, the signal back online. And the music just gets suddenly very crazy and erratic. And it literally just a radio conversation is happening. Like nothing is happening on screen. It's literally just the doctor speaking into a radio. And it's uh, the music honestly gets so loud. I had I was glad I had subtitles on because otherwise I wouldn't be able to hear what the doctor is yeah, saying.
1: Yeah. I remember that point, too. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Part of these episodes, at a certain point, I was like, I'm just going to paint while I watch this. There's no way I can sit here and watch this whole thing. But I do remember that point. I was like, God, the music is so loud right here yeah um i always watch the subtitles so
0: yeah so do i (laughs) the next note is oh my god we lost the signal this is terrible we're gonna crash oh no wait we're good yep we're fine (laughs) it really makes you kind of wonder why they had them lose the signal at all it just
1: immediately it was gonna get fixed and again, this is like a good three or four minutes. They talk about, like, oh no, we're going to drift into the sun in five months. Well, that doesn't matter because we've only got enough food for three days. And now, oh, wait, no, we figured it out. It's cool. Oh, we're
0: good. Yeah, we're good.
1: Yeah, it's fine. God damn. These whole three episodes could have been one.
0: Yes, 100%. Then the doctor goes into the base, leaving uh, Jamie and Zoe behind. And Zoe is like trying to do repairs on the ship. Uh, and Jamie's asking why. And Zoe says, well, now that we've got the landing it's the takeoff that matters. And I'm like, not really. Cause if you get the team at working, you don't have to use the ship at all. And Guess what? That's exactly what they do. So
1: yep.
0: also has absolutely nothing to do with anything whatsoever. I love Jamie's shirt. He's wearing <laughs> a really cool, like long sleeved black collared shirt. That's like tied up in the front instead of button. It's, it's really cool. I had no. I did not care at all what was happening in the show. I was just like, "That's a really cool shirt. I like. I want cool that shirt." shirt. <laughs>
1: uh, also, On that note, Zoe is actually wearing a functional outfit, and the show at least has like momentarily given up on trying to make us horny for. Her. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs>
0: and uh, Kelly is being like led down the hallway, and like this ice warrior has uh, a hand on her shoulder, and then the doctor. Uh, like, bumps into them, and he tells Miss... He's like, Miss Kelly, what are you doing here? It Doesn't matter! Run! And then Kelly just... Whoosh, runs straight out of the Ice Warrior's grip, and I was just like... <laughs> and I just made the note of damn, these Lego hands of mine!
1: <laughs> yeah, because they don't just look like Lego hands. They are Lego hands. They cannot flex at all. <laughs> Nothing whatsoever.
0: And then, Jamie and Zoe get off the ship and go into the base, because... course they do. And Zoe like gets turned around and doesn't really remember where it is she's going. And then she's like, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure we go over there. And Jamie's like, I thought you knew where you're going. And she's like, I've never been here before. Let's just go. And then uh, she walks off and then Jamie just says, ugh, women. And walks off behind her. I'm like, lady drivers. Am I right, fellas?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Jamie, didn't you learn your lesson after like you literally about got your throat ripped (laughs) out like two episodes ago? All right.
0: Yeah, and then another Ice Warrior falls for that stupid thing again. Like, another one walks into the the room where everyone is hiding. And then he wanders in between all three of these lamps. And I'm assuming it disintegrates the Ice Warriors when they're stuck between these three lamps. Because otherwise, the second one would be like, Hmm, I wonder what this other dead body is doing here. dum dee dum dee dum a solar bear trap.
1: Basically. It's basically just a really intense heat lamp. Yeah, that. from what I can tell, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> Which w- reminds me to ask, why are the Ice Warriors reptilian? Don't they need... War- wouldn't warm weather be good?
0: I have that exact question later on, because... Because it's like they're reptilian, but they... They um, evolved on the planet Mars, where it's cold. So it's like. It's like the reptilian, but reverse cold blooded. It's like they need to be cold as opposed to heat, which hurts them.
1: I guess. I don't know. It seems
0: very weird. I feel like I remember them having an explanation for it in the ice warriors, because don't they like beat the ice warriors that way by like
1: by making it really hot
0: finagling their engine to like overheat. Uh, I seem to recall that happening. I also seem to recall that the explanation being really fucking stupid. <laughs> so.
1: <laughs> so, you know,
0: <laughs> so there is a precedent. It's just a dumb precedent.
1: Oh gosh, man. I've got nothing to fucking say.
0: I'm, I'm trying my best here, Caleb. Let's go into episode four. We'll get through this together. Don't worry.
1: Uh, episode four. A man is killed instantly by the smoke, but Radnor and Eldred manage to jettison the rest of it before it gets them. After his body is examined, the man was killed by oxygen starvation, even though he was only exposed to the smoke for a few seconds. Jamie and Phipps sneak around and watch as Fushum loads the doctor into a T-Mat capsule. The Ice Warriors want him to launch the Doctor into space, but Fushim refuses. That gives Jamie and Phipps time to slip the Doctor out. When Fushim finally gives in, he and the Ice Warriors believe the Doctor is truly gone. An Ice Warrior appears in London via t mat and wreaks havoc while the seed spreads a weird fungus very quickly. Zoe and Phipps get lost on the base, and Phipps is killed by an Ice Warrior that corners Zoe as the episode ends. At first, I
0: thought the Ice Warrior's grand plan was really fucking stupid because it was stopped by some vents later in the episode you realize that the vents were actually part of the plan because they wanted to like spread the seeds into the atmosphere but at first i was just like did the did we did we just stop the ice warriors plan by turning on the air conditioning <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes we sure did spoilers they're trying to terraform earth to be more like mars yes which makes me wonder why they didn't just like glass the planet good
0: question i have several questions about their their plan and the logic thereof but i will bring it up later in this in this story let's talk about fusion for a second uh you know the guy who just willingly sent a whole bunch of like chemical warfare bombs to all the major cities on on planet earth uh but then when he was asked to kill this one dude he Says, you can't ask me to kill a man just like that. And I'm like, yeah, deceiving them so that they'll be killed by ice warriors or sending down seed pods that'll kill thousands upon thousands of people all at once from oxygen dep- deprivation.
1: Sure, but killing one man by instantly teleporting him into space? It's not right, I tell you. Now, ca- counterpoint, did Fushim know they were doing that once they, when they actually sent the pods? Or was it only after it was explained to him? Well, I'm
0: sure Fushim... Really just assumed that the pods were just, you know, big jawbreaker candies that the ice warriors were sending down as a peace offering to all the humans that they didn't shoot on sight.
1: Now, I'm not defending Fusion, for the record. I'm just asking questions because I distinctly remember watching this scene... (laughs) And when the ice, when he's like, no, I can't just kill a man, the ice warriors, are like, why not? You've basically already committed genocide. And in my mind, I was like, oh, that's a good point. <laughs> hey, good point. So, <laughs> press the <this> button. <laughs> so if I was Trisha, I'd be like, hmm, didn't think about it like that. Kill doctor.
0: And, and see, I'm just like, you could have just said no when the ice warriors are telling you to work the team at. You could have just said no. And then, yeah, ice warriors would have killed you probably and humanity would have been saved because of your sacrifice i don't (laughs) i fucking hate
1: you i really don't like this scene because it takes forever this scene like the whole thing of him arguing with them and then jamie and phipps like sneaking the doctor out of the capsule this is like half the episode
0: yeah it really is and the whole time the ice warrior breathing is so loud again, I'm glad I have the subtitles on because I couldn't hear other characters speaking because maybe the actor playing the Ice Warrior was just like right next to the boom mic or something, but like that's all you could hear.
1: <laughs> yeah, th- th- I think that's at this point where I know it's like, do they have like asthma or something in this? <laughs> and then Phipps and Zoe are like,
0: okay, we'll use the vents to get to the main control room uh, that has the Heating controls and will like turn it up to eleventy billion and that that should kill the ice warriors before both of them go. Phipps tries to go by himself and he like takes the vent off and then he is like miming like like trying to get through the vent into the control center. And he's like, ah, and then puts the vent back up. He's like, I couldn't fit. It's it's too small. Like, no, it's not. In, you could have instantly climbed through there and I know they're trying to justify bringing Zoe but like they have a man shaped vent there he could have easily climbed through
1: <laughs> and, and and they didn't take the time to like even just put up some like cardboard to make the hole smaller something help me
0: out here but like yeah eventually eventually Zoe is, is brought in because she is the smallest of them because again she looks 12 <laughs> yeah
1: and then they get fucking lost
0: yeah then they get lost and then it cuts to earth and shows like the seeds sprouting more fungi and again fungus here being foam and my note is oh no not the foam again <laughs> i swear someone bought it too big of a bulk and they like we need to we need to put this shit in as many episodes as we possibly can <laughs>
1: The BBC's down in our throats right now. Where the <laughs> fuck is all this foam coming from? <laughs> Rather, I choose to believe. Who's the producer right now? Peter Bryant. Peter Bryant had some sick foam fetish. That's what it was. That is a distinct possibility. He, he's like, yeah, this episode's good. You know what it really needs? A long dragon cigar. <gasps>
0: foam. Fucking foam, man.
1: And he's on set going, more! More foam! I will go ahead
0: and say this. It will not be the last time that uh, Doctor Who has a showrunner who is using the show as an excuse to showcase some of his fetishes. <laughs> so they yikes! Yeah, <clears throat> Moffat's gonna be fun anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's this sequence of events: Zoe gets in and uh, goes over to the thermostat to turn it up, turn the heat up and Fushim like notices this then the ice warrior like looks over and sees zoe trying to sneak back towards the vent and instead of you know running she then just like stands there like a deer caught in the headlights and just like is terrified of the ice warrior and then the ice warrior brings up his arm to shoot her and then starts walking towards her I'm like, motherfucker, you've killed like half a dozen people so far with that gun. Why? Why are you not shooting her? She's right there.
1: (laughs) She's the easiest target you've had so far. The ray gun has a very short distance. But like it doesn't, though. (laughs) We've seen other people further
0: away than she is right now get shot by the ray gun.
1: (laughs) He's like, I've got this. It's just a little girl. I'm going to be big and scary for a little bit. All right. I'm done. Yeah, I, I got nothing else. Episode five. Fushum intervenes to save Zoe and the ice warrior dies because, because of how hot the room is. The doctor and others also kill an ice warrior and make their way to the TMAC control. On Earth, the ice warrior makes its way to the weather control station and kills the scientist there. He b bops around and disables the facility. Fushum helps the others get back to Earth, and volunteers to stay behind since the ice warriors believe they have control of him. Kelly comes up with a plan to launch a satellite that will bypass their need, their need for the moon. The doctor realizes the seeds and foam are re-terraforming Earth to be more like Mars. Slar, one of the last ice warriors, explains that their fleet is on the way to conquer Earth, and it's up to Slar to decimate the planet before they arrive and guide them there. Fushum has a video feed going the whole time so the people on Earth can plan. When Slar realizes he's been betrayed, he kills Fushum. They decide to use the satellite to fool the fleet and steer them away from Earth. Zoe and Jamie head to the co- weather control station for some reason. When the Doctor realizes they are gone, he rushes to save them, but is cornered by the Ice Warrior when he gets there. I do like that
0: Fushum has seen roughly, at, at the very least, four, but like somewhere around half a dozen people dying at the hands of the at the of the Ice Warriors. But now that the cute girl is being threatened, now he jumps in to save someone. This is the moment he decides to finally have a spine. The power of boners is truly a marvel.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's incredible. If we all just had more boners for more things, the world would be a better place.
0: Again, Zoe just fucking stands there. Like, even after the Ice Warrior is being distracted by Fuchsia. I'm like, Zoe, just fucking run why are you so dumb please stop just standing there just (laughs) i
1: hate her yeah i don't like zoe even when zoe is cool she's not (laughs)
0: yeah no I, i was waiting for zoe to be endeared to me and she has not so far and i suspect that she will not be by by the time her last episode arrives and then yada 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 Blah blah blah. Space space space. The doctor, Jamie, and Zoe are heading back down to Earth via T-Mat. Fushum's gonna like teleport them down. And God, I really wanted this ep- this story to just fucking zag, and it suddenly become the fly. And when they appear down at the T-Mat booth down on Earth, just like it's this unholy abomination big hunk of flesh fusion of Dr. Jamie and Zoe. (laughs) Like, kill us! (laughs) Because they all were in the same teleport pod at the exact same time. (laughs) And then, here's my biggest longest CVS receipt, Caleb. Lay it on me. The Ice Warrior comes in to the command center and is like severely weakened. Like, he is clearly dying. And sees that the heat has been turned up and Fushim looks at the ice warrior commander and stares at the ice warrior commander all the way across the room while he goes to the temperature control and then turns it back down and is back to a temperature that the ice warrior is more comfortable with. If that's not like full on Stockholm syndrome, I want you to save yourself I don't know what is, because that is the best possible chance he had. And then he even says, like, he doesn't go down to Earth because he's afraid, of, he's afraid of being persecuted because of the things he's done. He could have used this as, like, a chance to redeem himself of, like, defeating the Ice Warriors. But instead, he's just like, well, it's either this or jail, so I'm gonna help you get your strength back. This could have been the last episode if Fusham just, like, Pushed him over. And like a turtle on his back, the Ice Warrior wouldn't have been able to get up.
1: You know what? I'll give it to you, Meg. And this is what convinced me. Fushum is a bad guy. Not because he was flawed and a coward. Not because he let the Ice Warrior live. But because this could have been the last episode. <laughs> that is truly unforgivable.
0: I'm glad that I was able to convince you in some way. What year did this episode take place in? It was like... I don't
1: fucking know.
0: Hold on. I I Because I really need to... I really need to check. All right, It took place in 2086. Okay. So the ice warriors, they send down a single soldier in order to have that soldier go over to the weather control unit and uh, sabotage it so that they wouldn't be able to use it. And at first you're like, I wonder why, why, why is, why is it so important that they defeat the weather control? I mean, I guess they're trying to terraform it. So I guess that makes sense, but wouldn't they want to control the weather control unit rather than destroy it that doesn't make any sense and then you find out the reason because this fungus that is able to kill all of humanity within a matter of days has one very important weakness
1: oh that's right water oh my god it's one
0: weakness is water so they sabotaged the weather control unit so that it couldn't rain and i'm like assholes if your strategy <laughs> is to invade a planet using a weapon whose main weakness is water don't invade a planet that's covered 70 percent in water i forgot they that. that's why i was checking that what year this was said in because i'm picturing like a again another futurama reference the transmissions from earth reaching the ice warriors like decades later and like they finally got a chance to watch the movie Signs and they're like that I want to do that <laughs> <laughs> I want to be an alien species whose one weakness is water and I'm going to invade this planet that's 70% water <laughs> that sounds like I a good am. idea
1: <laughs> Mac I'm glad you reminded me of that because I literally think I repressed that I was so <laughs> like viscerally offended by the concept I just actively forgot it it, it happened <laughs> fuck God, I hate this
0: episode.
1: It's so fucking dumb.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then later, now that the Ice Warriors have had more of a chance to uh, enact their plan because Fushim helped them live, Fushim then turns on a video link so that Command will be able to hear the Ice Warriors' plan so that they'll be able to do something about it. Let them take care of it. And I'm like, All right, cool, great, thanks for the help. You know what would have helped more? Keeping the goddamn heat on. Like, (laughs) either be a coward or don't. Don't, like, pick one.
1: (laughs) Granted, Slar did kind of, like, James Bond monologue, all their plans, and then also the way to defeat them.
0: Yeah, and you know what? Alternatively,
1: Slar could be dead right now alternatively sorry that <laughs> a lesson the doctor learns in the next episode actually speaking
0: of which let's fucking take this episode out back and shoot in the head let's go
1: episode six oh jesus christ this episode is still going <laughs> jamie saves the doctor from the ice wire, and inside he builds a mini solar ray gun and blasts the ice wire. The Doctor realizes the best solution is once again violence, and proceeds to use it the rest of the episode. He helps create the phony signal, and then heads back to the moon to confront Slar. Surprised, the Doctor's plan works, and the fleet is steered far enough away from Earth where they will surely die, and the Doctor kill Slar and the remaining Ice Warrior. Things have gone to hell on Earth, but it's getting better. Everyone is patting each other on the back, but the Doctor and his friends are gone. I I really feel like this episode could be summarized as the doctor shoots the Ice Warrior with his little, like, solar ray gun thing. And he's like, oh, wow, that was easy. I could do that the whole time. And then just does (laughs) it the whole time. The doctor shoots, like, four people in this episode. Yeah, he does.
0: Goddamn, Caleb. Like, I'm looking at my notes, and, like, not one of them is actually, like, really relevant. Like, my first note is, I'm just saying Jamie could take that Ice Warrior. Cause like they're at the weather control unit and they're being chased around. They're playing hide and seek with this ice warrior. And I'm like, Jamie could take him. Like if I, if I had to put money down on whether it's going to be this, this ice warrior with his, with his armor and his gun versus Jamie motherfucking McCrimmon. I'm putting money down on Jamie
1: motherfucking McCrimmon. (laughs) Oh, Jamie, every time. Are you kidding me? Then my second note is halfway point. And then the doctor goes to the moon basically just to glow. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I'm, hi, Slar, I, uh, I basically decimated your entire fucking species. Again. Blast.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the doctor gets captured, and then he's just kind of, like, sitting there in the chair, just, like, waiting, <laughs> waiting for Slar's plan to just kind of blow up in his face. And then the fleet, like, gets off course, and they're, like, heading towards the sun. And Slar's just like, what did you do? And the doctor's like, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> Here's all the ways that we kicked your ass And then I was just like This episode just feels like one Prolonged And then they won Yeah, I honestly kind of feel bad because I've got Nothing I've got nothing to say about this episode other than Ding dong the witch is
1: dead And not even that because like you're supposed to be glad when the witch is dead But I, I feel nothing
0: I I feel nothing <sighs> Goddamn do we want to go into trivia
1: (laughs) we might as well i have literally nothing to say about the end other than oh yeah they won and they spend the whole episode fucking explaining it
0: yeah like i feel i feel genuinely bad but like i got nothing nothing happens i mean they win that's what happens i do make the note that man the fleet got to the sun really fast that's about it (laughs) (laughs) but uh trivia this one's a, a fun fun anecdote So this is the first time that they had the Ice Warriors not always on set. They took them like on location, specifically when that one Ice Warrior is like heading towards the weather control building. And the actor who played the Ice Warrior uh, was outside on a smoke break in his costume, but without his helmet on. And uh, as he was just like leaning up against a tree, smoking a cigarette, a woman drove past uh, and was so distracted By what she saw, she hit the back of a police (laughs) car. Patrick Trouton was on holiday in episode four. That's why he was like in a coma the whole time. Then I think it's in the last episode when the doctor gets into the weather bureau, Zoe opens up the door and then the doctor like trips and falls and then gets up and like closes the door. Wendy Padbury tried her best not to laugh, but you can like still see her smile because Trouton actually slipped on the
1: phone there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is the very first second Doctor story ever to be released on video.
1: Hmm. Yeah.
0: Um, the original script contained a line where Eldred revealed that it was his rocket that achieved the first manned moon landing. But this was changed because it seemed like NASA was going to actually do a manned moon landing any day now. So they were like, Let's not include that line because it's about <laughs> to be historically inaccurate in like
1: five days. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of awesome, actually. USA! USA! <laughs> uh, final thoughts. Boy, howdy. I actually think I like this episode less after talking about it. You texted me. Hold on. I want to I
0: wanna, I wanna give our level listeners an exact play-by-play here. You texted me and said, boy, that sure was an episode where things happened, and my response was, "It was maybe I watched the wrong episode." <laughs>
1: <sighs> <sighs> but yeah, this episode was a chore. I feel like I'm, I'm gonna be honest, Mike, I've been struggling with the show a bit lately because I feel like ever since the Enemy of the World, with the exception of Fury of the Deep, the episodes are like notably worse than everything before Enemy of the World. Because like before, I'd be like, "Yeah, I didn't like this episode, but I did like this thing about it," or like, "This was cool," or "That was cool." But, like, they're just not good now. No, it's it's true. I'm with you on that one. Was this really just, like, a producer change? Is that, like, going from, like, Ains Lloyd to whoever the fuck this guy is?
0: Maybe. It could be. Because I'm pretty sure... Yeah, because Ains... Lloyd's last episode was... Was Enemy of the World. It could very well be, like, all Peter Bryant's fault. So let's point our fingers at him.
1: But, like, but, like it really, like... There is, like, a very hard shift in quality, I felt. And, like, it's... <laughs> I, I'm still excited to do the podcast, but my god, the episodes are just getting harder to watch. I feel.
0: Yeah, it's the double-edged sword of Doctor Who. It's something that uh, I've I've been thinking about a lot lately, because the episodes are usually so like standalone. Here's here's this adventure, this with this writer. It really is just an absolute flip of the coin of whether this episode is actually going to be really good or really bad, and. There's really no indication of whether the next episode is going to be really good or really bad. It's just that we've been getting tails. Our coin has been coming up tails a lot lately.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. This episode is fucking dull. I like the Ice Warriors more in their debut episode. This one made them feel very non-threatening. Really just felt like a game of ping pong. Just going back and forth between the Earth and the Moon. And uh, when I was complaining about the base under siege plot structure... I was not hoping that the solution to fix it would be adding a second base. But apparently, <laughs> that's their takeaway from it. <laughs>
1: the, see, what we need is more bases.
0: We need more bases. We need more attack on bases.
1: All your bases are belong to us. What better way to end the podcast? All right, well, that's it for this episode, guys. Thanks for listening. If you want to support us, the best thing to do is listen to it and give us five stars and tell your friends about it. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, you know, all of the major podcast things. If you want to follow us, you can follow us on Twitter at QuickTripDW. You can also follow me on Twitter at CelebrityWriter, and you can check out Mac's YouTube channel, MacTheMeh, where he does insightful videos about video games.
0: And join us next time on a quick trip through space and time, in which we listen to the last audio story ever Huzzah! in The Space Pirates. Please be good.